Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. On this episode, the National Farmers Union has updated its report on greenhouse gas emissions using recently released 2020 data. Reports that emissions from Canadian agriculture and the production of associated farm inputs is up 35% since 1990. MFU Director of Climate Crisis Policy Darren Qualman will talk about the report and the significance of a 35% increase spread over three decades. The president of the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities is worried the soaring cost of fuel could push some farmers off the land. Ray Orb says small family farms are looking at an additional $1,000 a day to fuel equipment this year and larger farms upwards of an additional $5,000 a day. He says government needs to take action like removing the federal carbon taxes to avoid forcing small farmers out of business. After the break, Darren Qualman. Digging into the topics that matter to you, the AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. The National Farmers Union has provided a revised greenhouse gas emissions report. Darren Qualman is the NFU's Director of Climate Crisis Policy in Action. Uh, Darren, we should start by first explaining the information is based on 2020 data. So maybe you can tell us how significant a 35% increase is when it's uh, spread over three decades. It's significant in that it's going in the wrong direction. Uh, we've got very clear signals uh, from various levels of government and from governments around the world that as we move toward 2030 and beyond, that the emission trend lines can't be going upward. Those emission trend lines have to start going downward. Can you explain for us why the NFU feels nitrogen fertilizer use needs to be reduced? The fertilizer that is producing a lot of emissions, a lot of that isn't being placed maybe as carefully as it can. It's not being used as efficiently as it can. Maybe it's being a little bit over-applied. And fertilizer is very expensive. If we, you know, farmers, the government, uh, academics and experts can work together to figure out ways to use fertilizer more carefully and efficiently, that means that we can get the same output with less fertilizer, and that means better margins and better net returns for farmers. So there's a double win here. We can lower emissions and we can cut costs and improve margins. Now, the war in Ukraine has brought grain production into the public spotlight, mostly because of concerns being raised about future food shortages in poorer countries and, of course, food inflation in wealthier nations. Several agricultural groups say reducing fertilizer use reduces yields. What are your thoughts on that? There's been a lot of uh, regional food crises around the world. Uh, a lot of them happen in Africa, some in Asia, and now we've got one in Ukraine. It's not that suddenly this year, as opposed to last year, there's less food in the world. There's more than enough food in the world last year and more than enough food in the world this year. It's when we have these conflicts, when we have these regional disruptions, that the food can't get to the places it's going. So whether there was a little more food in the world right now or not, we would still see the same problem in Ukraine. And in terms of this idea that we have to maximize production, to some extent, we do need to increase that. Uh, The population is getting a little bigger each year. But we probably also at the same time need to be much more careful in our use of inputs like nitrogen fertilizer. And the extent of the increase has been quite striking. In Saskatchewan, for instance, 
farmers have quadrupled the amount of nitrogen fertilizer used since the 1990s. There was some uh, positive information out of the report, declining rate of greenhouse gas emissions from cattle. The emissions from cattle are large, but they're also declining. They peaked in 2005, and they've been coming, been coming down since then. And two factors are at play. One is the herd's been getting smaller, but the other is uh, there's some efficiency gains uh, amongst cattle producers, so those emissions have gone down a little bit on that front. And I also understand that the NFU is working with about two dozen organizations in the Farmers for Climate Solutions Coalition. Can you talk about that, please? We look at ways that create solutions to reduce emissions, but always with the idea that the most important thing is the economic viability of the farmers and that we find ways that not only reduce emissions, but that also support our economic viability, our bottom line, our our net income, and where there are costs associated with these changes, we urge the government to cost share or incentivize and help farmers cover those costs because we know that farmers just can't take on a lot of costs, but that farmers also want to take a lead role in reducing emissions so that they need supportive programs and policies. Darren Qualman is with the National Farmers Union, which recently updated its report on agricultural greenhouse gas emissions. After the break, Ray Orb. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. I'm speaking with Ray Orb, the president of the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities. The organization has been expressing concern about the high cost of fuel and its impact on farmers. So, Ray, I guess first off, it certainly is a a very worrying situation for the entire agriculture sector. The industry is facing so much risk right now. That's it's really a big uh, problem. I mean, in the areas we traveled yesterday through, you know, a swift current area uh, west of, west of Moose Jaw. They're in a drought situation in North Battleford as well. The day before we we saw that the uh, their, their pastures are starting to turn brown, and a lot of the crops aren't emerging. So the farmers, you know, I mean, the councillors and the reeds, most of them are farmers, they're really concerned because of these, these weather conditions. Now, on top of that, we have high input prices, including fuel. So it's getting to the point where we don't know where these fuel prices are going to end. And uh, this is the time of year, you know, when farmers have already spent a lot of money. If the prices are high in harvest time, you know what? A lot of farmers are going to be at the bottom line. And really, maybe they're not able to cover all these because they still have to get a good crop. That's not a guarantee for everyone. So you're afraid that the high cost of fuel could actually push farmers off the land? Well, we're saying, you know, for the for the smaller farmers, right now um, the average size farm in Saskatchewan is about 3,000 acres. And, and so we have lots of farmers that are, that are farming less land, less land than that. Those are the ones, uh, they're, they're at risk because uh, they're probably having probably some problems, you know, operating. When years are good, it's not so bad, but when you have years that the crop inputs are high like this, it could really deter people from staying in business or perhaps people from getting into farming. You know, we have to start talking about what the future for agriculture is because we need to have more younger farmers in this industry. The livestock sector is no different. If anything, I think the livestock sector is under more duress right now than the, than the cropping industry because of the shortage of feed and water in some places. You know, the prices are not good enough 
for the producers, they're high on the retail side, but they're certainly not high enough for farmers to make a good living on livestock. So all this together, we're hoping it's a good year. We like to stay positive, but fuel prices are, are really a big problem right now. Can you outline some of the rising costs that are associated with the increase in fuel prices? Yeah, you know, we've, we've been talking to some of the farmers when we're traveling around. And, you know, for a farmer to tell us that his costs have gone up 50% over what they were last fall. And when they seeded last year, it's $1,000 a day more this year. So some farmers have $2,000 a day in fuel expenses. Well, if they're seeding for 20 days, let's say, uh, we, they've got a bill of $40,000. So that's really high. It's really too high on that's why we're saying something needs to be done about So what would you like to see done? And would that mean some intervention from the government side? Well, we're looking, we're looking at some government help. Options are out there that we're thinking of are, of course, the taxes. I mean, uh, the province has uh, fuel taxes. Uh, they set taxes uh, on some fuel. Also, the federal government, you know, we've got that carbon tax. We've been telling this federal government all along that carbon tax is not good for our economy. It's not doing the things that the government wants it to do. Therefore, let's repeal the carbon tax. We certainly asked for a stay in the increase before April 1st, but the federal government didn't listen to us. But they also have other taxes. They have excise tax, and they have a GST on top of that. And the federal government right now is reaping huge windfalls from the price of of gas. And uh, we're asking them to scrap these taxes, but we're asking the province as well. So it's got to be a concerted effort between both levels of government to do something about fuel. Now, there are other options the government may consider. We haven't spoken to them about that, but we're hoping that they're looking at helping producers uh, and RMs too with some relief. SARM President Ray Orb made his comments while traveling during regional meetings. It's time for the Agriculture News and Review for the week of June 6, 2022. The Canadian Cattlemen's Association expressed its concern about proposed regulation changes by Health Canada that could require front-of-package labeling warning of the food's saturated fat content. Ground meat from beef or pork is a single-ingredient food product, but other single-ingredient items like eggs, vegetables and fruit are exempt from some labeling requirements under Health Canada. CCA Executive Vice President Dennis Laycraft said the beef and pork sectors say the front-of-package requirement will do more harm than good as the warning could serve as a determinant for consumers and could send the wrong message to export customers. The regulation at issue is nearing the approval stage in the regulatory system and Laycraft said ground beef should be exempt from the label requirements. The delayed start to seeding across many parts of the prairies has already raised concerns about potential lower crop yields this fall. Farmers in Manitoba and Saskatchewan got off to the slowest start since 2017 this spring due to rain, snow and flooding. In Manitoba, seeding was only 40% complete as of May 31st compared to the five-year average of 91%. In both provinces, fields with low-lying areas are still covered with standing water and will likely go unseeded. Analyst Steve Hansen says late seedings are often associated with late harvests and below-average yields. Nutrien said it is accelerating the ramp-up of its annual potash production capacity due to the uncertainty of supply from Eastern Europe. 
The company said it plans to increase its potash production to 18 million tons per year by 2025. That represents an increase of more than 5 million tons of annual production, or 40%, compared to 2020. Nutrien added that it will hire and train about 350 people and invest in underground mining equipment, mine development, storage and loadout capacity. The Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan asked the federal government to announce a 2022 livestock tax deferral program as soon as possible. These announcements usually come later in the summer. But APAS second vice president Scott Owen says cattle producers in very dry regions need to know now. The measure would allow producers to sell part of their breeding herd and defer the tax on the sale proceeds to the following year. The tax deferral was in place over most of Western Canada last year, but needs to be announced on an annual basis. A new report examined the feasibility of a beef packing plant in Saskatchewan. Report co-author Willie Van Solkema said that Saskatchewan has a robust cattle industry with the required number available in the province, but he warns of many challenges in setting up a plant. Solkema said a beef packing plant could handle between 150 and 1,200 head of cattle per day. If you like what you've heard, you can rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and make sure to subscribe to AgriPod with Alice McFarland for more weekly episodes. The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarlane and is a division of the Jim Pattison Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at farmnewsnow.com.